okay, there's no more excuses to drink tap water. You need to get a multi-step filtration system in your home, especially if you live in Utah. Utah is in the top 10 of the most toxic states to have toxins and chemicals in their water. Now, I know you're probably thinking, Becca, I can't afford a water filtration system. I get it. NIV Water has finance options. Me being a stay-at-home mom with two kids, trust me, I couldn't afford this either. But they make it affordable for you so you can have this in your home. Get the toxins and chemicals out of your water and feel the difference. Taste the difference. You're going to thank me for this later, I promise. Call NIV Water today at 801-993-0080. Again, that's 801-993-0080. And if you mention my name, they'll give you half off a chemical remover. Call them today or visit their website at eneviv.com. That's E-N-E-V-I-V-E.com. Chemical free is the way to be. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Becca Hayes Show. I'm your host, Becca Hayes, and tonight I have with me a very special guest, well actually two very special guests, Nate Farnsworth. Did I say your last name? Yeah, Farnsworth. Yeah. Farnsworth. I want to say farm with an M, but that's, it's not. That's also a last name, just not mine. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up. <laughs> so I have Nate with me and then also Megan Wood with me. Hello. <laughs> you do have a good radio voice because she used to actually be in radio. I had a short stint. Yeah, yeah, you did for a little bit. I did. I, uh, I'm a bleeding heart liberal that worked for a Fox News station. Yeah. So that was fun. Wow, I would have guessed NPR by your voice. So. <laughs> I can well, see that. Well I can done. see that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I listen to NPR sometimes, and I get, I'm like, it's this dichotomy of mm-hmm. I'm really interested in the content slash really annoyed by the people on the shows. Understandable. Because sometimes yeah. it's like way too like intentionally cerebral mm-hmm. and almost it, it gets a little much but i do love the content i do donate to npr and all that i bet you do <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that um so we're gonna introduce nate because nate's never been on the becca hayes show but i think i have to tell you guys how nate and i met um through a mutual friend uh cindy we love cindy love her when did so was it the Halloween party that I met you at? It was. I was in full costume. What was your <laughs> costume? That's right. Um, so my girlfriend and I went as bank robbers. So I had like striped shirt and the hoodie and the mask, the little eye mask and stuff. Aww. And we pulled That's up adorable. to Cindy's house at the same time. And I went as a shaman. Or no, Jesus. Was it Jesus? I can't remember which one I did. <laughs> Jesus or shaman. You had a, you had a poncho. I had a poncho. And you're like, this is my outfit. This is my costume. And I fully believed you. But it was like what I actually wear every day. Yeah. <laughs> I had the sandals from like Hawaii, you know? You know those sandals of cheap ones that you buy for like $2? You, you the mean brown like, ones. Yeah, the ones that you can get like CVS. On yeah, the yeah. Well, okay, now you're really cheapening them. I got them from Hawaii, actually Hawaii. But anyway, CVS is in Hawaii too, though. It's true. But I actually got it on their market. Like I didn't go to a CVS. I just think it's more so authentic it's that way. Handcrafted yeah, in handcrafted. China. Yeah. You had to go out of your way to go to the handcrafted Thank you. store. Yeah. In Hawaii. Yeah. I felt like it was like <laughs> legit from Hawaii. 
And then I, <laughs> they just peeled off the sticker off the back well, okay. to get the tourists. I really did at that moment think I was like, oh, these are legit Hawaiian slippers. Cause all my friends would come back with these slippers and yeah. they're like, oh, I went to Hawaii and I got them. So I said, next time I'm going to Hawaii and this is years and years ago, I'm going to buy these slippers and or sandals. They're actually like the Jesus sandals, you know, the two stripes and or straps. And I got them. And then I found out that you can buy them anywhere. Correct. Yeah. And online. You go anywhere yeah. abroad. They're like the standard issue. Yeah. But they were cheaper in Hawaii. They were like $2. Online, they were like $20 rip off. Shocker. Because Hawaii is usually very expensive. I know. But I think that's their like their staple. Like, hey, come here. You get these sandals. You were shopping like a local. I yeah. I felt like yeah. I was a local. And it made me feel good. Yeah. Yeah. See, so you get it. I get it now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> the so, outfit made total sense. <laughs> The costume is, it's yeah. all coming together now yeah. for you. Yeah. Now that you're you're in my home yeah. and you see what I do. I and... understand so much better now. <laughs> so yeah, so we met. We were both in costume. Um, I actually hardly recognized you. The next day? Yeah. 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 It was kind of like because you're like, I'm Nate. I'm like, Nate. So yeah, we we met at Cindy's party and no one was really getting toasty or whatnot, but after after a drink or two. Um, and we talked a little bit about what we were doing, what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a show, a, um, like an event. The Cannabis Expo. Yeah. D- yeah. Downtown in Salt Lake. And you're like, I got to bail early because of this. I'm going to it. And I had a company that was represented there as well. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll be there. And we started talking a little bit about what you were going to be doing there. I was like, cool. I'll see you there. I would assume that at that point you were like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe. Yeah, I, I was just like, it, it's yeah. fine. I'm gonna, yeah. And you're going to get drunk. You're not going to like remember because I know Cindy's parties. Yeah. <laughs> no one holds back on those. <laughs> and just inquiring minds. Yeah. Is this Cannabis Expo every year? It's um, a, It was the second year, right? For I think this was the first year. It took out, there was new ownership. So it, came, oh. it was the second time that, the, the second time they had done a Cannabis Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's, was the second consecutive because of it or what. Anyway. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. I was yeah. I was just gonna calendar. I, I was just gonna mark my calendar. Oh yeah, you'll yeah. be there next year. <laughs> yeah. Not you'll sure. You'll be at my booth. Either. They'll pay me to, to be the mascot <laughs> yeah. at the event. Just feed you gummies. <laughs> we just throw our gummy every once in a while. She's fine. She's content. Um no, so so we met at Cindy's party. We got to talking about kind of like what we both did a little bit. And I didn't even know and we're gonna get into um some really cool things that you do, Nate, and yeah. companies that you um represent. Uh, here in just a moment, but uh, we just kind of briefly talked, and then, then you came over. I think you came over to my booth, yeah, because I didn't leave it. <laughs> yeah, I had walked the floor, yeah. and the night before, you had told me about Hoppy, mm-hmm. and I had never heard of Hoppy before, and so I was like, I'm interested in this. Yeah, I'll try pretty much anything once. And when you were starting to tell me a little bit about the meditation benefits of it and just being able to get more in tune with mother earth and whatnot. Grounded. I was very interested in that. And I was like, I got to try this stuff. Yeah. Um. So that was one of the reasons why I, I went over mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, cool. Tell yeah. me about Hoppe. Yeah. And so you came over and we actually did a little mini Hoppe ceremony. Right there on the floor of the convention center. We kind of hid behind, you know, the long tables, you know, you have your tables that you're set up and Nate and I are on this ground and I'm serving him Hoppe. If and you can't have an Amazonian ritual in the middle of a public forum, other than, I mean, that's what a cannabis expo is for. Well, and I you know that's what? That's totally fine, right? This happens in the Amazons. Like, there's natives and there's village people everywhere. Like, it's not always so, like, 
peaceful and quiet and not everybody i mean you got the kids running around and so now that i'm thinking about it it's not as awkward but it obviously probably is awkward (laughs) in america and especially in a place i I mean i kind of felt like i i didn't really fit in there because i'm not selling cannabis i was promoting reiki healing i was teaching people about reiki um and hape rape some people know it by rape but um so i kind of felt like i was like the the outsider And, and so already having that feeling now, Nate and I are on the ground behind my table. I mean, we're not being hidden. Like people can see what we're doing. Yeah. And your booth was open to like the entrance almost pretty much. (laughs) You were kind of on the end. Yeah. Yeah. I I just, I can't paint the mental image only because I know how I respond to it. Yeah. And if I was in public, people would probably be like, oh, we should probably call, you know, an ambulance. Someone over here. She's, <laughs> you know, for, you know, having a convul, you know, how did, what was your first time like? Uh, it was cool. It was very interesting. I, I didn't know completely what to expect, of course. And nor uh, could you ever, yeah. even if someone described it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll get to that in, in a little bit of like, I really want to help people figure that out yeah. for your first time. Hey, what to expect on it. Um, but it was, it was really cool. I had the way that I could had or had kind of envisioned what it was going to be uh-huh. was more kind of along the lines of um, when I meditate, most of the time I'll, u- I'll use binaural beats uh-huh. to kind of like kick me there quicker. I sleep with those. Yeah. And, yeah. and I really thought that it was going to be like, Hey, you're going to get to this point of meditation really quick. And that's what I was kind of going into expecting, right? And then, um, you know, put it on, uh, uh, um, I think it was on my hand. In the palm of your yeah, hand? Yeah, put it on, put, in, uh, yeah, I don't think and you did I, it on yours. I think. Oh, I that's right. I taught my, you how to do it because yeah. you bought a Kerpe. Yes. You wanted to learn to self-serve. Yes. yes. Okay. And so um, did it in there, served up the half of it right now, and, or right there, and put, mm-hmm. it, put it on my heart, set a little bit of an intention. And I was like, cool, all right, this should be a pretty, pretty interesting thing. And I think you had music on your phone going. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it was just, and, and there was like people walking around and, and whatnot. And people with their turkey legs and their popcorn. Yeah. We didn't notice them. <laughs> it wasn't quite that big of a condition. <laughs> yes. But there were definitely a lot of people with bags of uh, CBD edibles walking around. Everywhere. They're already high. They yeah. didn't even notice us, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. And, and then she's like, all right, well, you just kind of like want to blow softly and, and then, you know, let it, let it get up into your, into your nose and your nasal. And I was like, cool. All right. Let's do this. And then I go to blow, and I didn't. I was really fortunate. It it went very smooth, oh. but that burn or whatnot, and then the the the, the flush, whether it's the nicotine or whatever, that, that mm-hmm. like just kind of kicks. And I was like, oh, okay, I have to do this again now on the other <laughs> side. I'm like fifty percent. I am at about a fifty percent rate of after the first nostril. Not because it's. I it just. It's so. I think it's more intense for other people. And, uh, even like last night I did the one nostril, um, it's, I'm still trying to understand kind of how to have a relationship with it where uh, combo, I feel much more comfortable with, Yeah. um, the hop it's just, I don't know. I mean, it is, it is electric. I, I literally, the way I've described it to friends is just like a lightning bolt to your mm-hmm. like third eye. Yeah. It's yeah. just what it felt like. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And so for me, the first time. Like it, it was the jolt, the physical sensation of it hit uh-huh. really quick. And I was like, cool, this is great. I can understand why this would be good. Um, but it was interesting because it didn't take a lot of outside stimulus to really like bring me back down. Uh-huh. And there was so much else going, going on that I was like, all right, this is something that I'm going to really enjoy 
mm-hmm. in my home. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. With my with my you know a different intention. Now that I kind of have a better understanding of it, setting a different intention. Yeah. Having um probably headphones on. I I love meditating with headphones on, and I was like, this is going to be fantastic, and it has been. Yeah. It's oh, all, that's almost good. time for me to re up on my. I was going to say, yeah. well, actually, remind me after the show, I'll um, give you some more hoppe. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I'll fill you up. And I actually have some different strains. Oh, cool. I think you're going to love the Sananga strain, which okay. is for the third eye. Yeah, because the one I got, um, one of them had, I think it was the... Um, you have DM, The one with the DMT and the yeah. grandmother ayahuasca. Yeah. Yeah, you have those two. So that's that's what I started with. That's I gained a relationship with those two first. Um, and then I, I've, I've, I've expanded. Expanded? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how that goes. You're you're teaching me. I didn't realize there were different strains. Oh my gosh. I didn't tell you this. Yeah. They have very different effects on me. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very different effects. When we've done it, has it always been the same strain? Mm -mm. I didn't think so. (laughs) I was like, this is hitting a little different this time. I can't remember what I gave you last night. but The first uh, time was, it was, I mean, I just remember like, white like rubbing my legs and just like rocking yeah it created like a very rhythmic mm-hmm. um dope yeah yeah it's yeah. awesome it's pretty interesting it, it definitely can but you know it's uh, with everybody it's different with everybody i mean it kind of has that same underlying where it feels really intense in the brain um then that subsides and then some a lot of people kind of have this like kind of outer body experience like you're just kind of you're just floating a little bit and then, and then you start to come in a little bit and then you feel like you come into the center, you feel more grounded, you feel just kind of relaxed and like See, I less fucked. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, if you took all that and you took it from like normal scale and took it to like Lego people scale, uh-huh. that's what, that's how I feel about it. Oh, it's wow. not like huge, yeah. but I feel it all happening much more smaller on the scale. micro level. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow, hearing you guys describe it, it's so different than how it feels I for know, me. I know. That's interesting. It's you different for everybody. Up. No, it's no, well, no. Well, her no. first time, she did purge really well. Uh, yeah, that yeah. for sure. For me, it's more. It's more of a. I think maybe just my struggle internally. I, I definitely find myself enjoying slash this like like love hate relationship between, like sitting in it and allowing it to do what it does versus trying to like analyze how I'm feeling the whole time that I'm in it and just kind of like stepping outside of that intellectual side and Mm -hmm. like just feeling right. And it's always like a, 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 you know, kind of tension between the two. I feel like in what I, and I voiced this to you like last night, um, cause I serve, I serve hoppe before combo. And when I serve the hoppe, it's like you, (gasps) like you hype yourself up. Yeah. And I think if you have more of just control of your breath, yeah then it will be more of a pleasant experience for you and you'll start to connect with the medicine because yeah. that's with all medicines, it's learning to connect yep. and and uh, gaining that relationship with it. Yep. And so, I've done that with combo. It hasn't happened. Oh, combo. You're yet. phenomenal with combo. It's like you and combo are just tight. <laughs> Damn. I mean, what, 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 what was it like number seven that we did yesterday or six? And let me, I'm thinking in my body. Okay. Ear, arm, <laughs> foot, ankle, back neck i think that's it right yeah yeah so, yeah but there were yeah i think it was like five to seven yeah yeah you're like becoming a pro man she's wow. gonna be serving it <laughs> next i know i'm getting back in the dating scene oh, yeah, and i thought about like <laughs> i wonder how at what juncture of a date and sequence of dates do you explain 
the random burn marks on your body. I just like to burn. My, these are just superficial burns, all right? Just hear me out. I just, just like hear to- me out. I swear this isn't weird. <laughs> right? They're like, uh-huh, okay. Um, well, can you get the check, please? Yeah, what go. line of the Tinder profile does that go oh, on? Oh, my gosh. Don't do Tinder. I know I'm not. I'm kidding. All right, back to you, Nate. Um, so we so we connected over that, and I thought that was really, I thought it was really cool how you just jumped in and wanted to try, because not a lot of people would do that. Yeah, that's how I am. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I'm the I'm the friend that you call for like it's you know two in the afternoon. And you're like, hey, we're gonna and I, before you can finish what you're gonna say of what you're gonna do, I'm in. Like, cool, let's do this. Yeah. Have you always been like that, or is that like a developed sense of adventure? Uh, no, I've always been like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, okay. I think that's so cool. And afterward, I may think, wow, that was probably a bad <laughs> idea. Maybe I should have just thought that one through, yeah, but just you know, a little bit. But, but you're you're probably more so than happy with just jumping in with both feet and saying yes a lot of the time yeah i think absolutely i think that is phenomenal and i think that's that's a huge step into experiencing true happiness and joy in this life yeah and i've been very fortunate like it's it's just one of those things in my life that i've always been able to be um, enjoy what what i'm doing when i'm doing it and whatnot Mm -hmm. and so if somebody presents me with an opportunity to do something fun i'm in I'm absolutely in. If you guys ever doing the color code personality things, mm-hmm. yeah, there are a yeah, bunch yeah. of different kinds, right? But yeah. um, I did one a few years ago, and they do a, like a primary color and then a secondary color. You're yellow. You got yellow in there, don't you? Both. Yellow, red. You're I, both yellow? Yellow, yellow. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I was, like, I was like, I didn't realize how strange it was, and I was like, okay, yeah. And then everyone came up to me, and they're like, that's crazy. <laughs> you are the crazy friends. Yeah. And I, was I like, love it. I just, if it's not fun, I'm not into it. Oh my so, gosh, I love are you having yeah. fun right now? Absolutely. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. If you're not if not, then shit. <laughs> I'm gonna go do some hot bay and cry. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love this. Um so I know we're gonna get kind of down mm-hmm. the road and we'll get into other things. And yeah. I hope everyone that's listening to this is having as much fun as we are right now. They are. They are. I love my um, listeners. But one of the things that I, I was thinking about and actually on my drive over here tonight was yeah, I really enjoy just having fun. Um, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an, an, an extrovert. Um, I'm not an introvert in any way, shape, no, or form. No, you're not. Yeah. But one of the things that I've found in developing who I am, why I am, and all that, is that I love feeding off of people's energies. And I, I, I get this, just this buzz when I'm around people. Mm. And... Sometimes it's uh, there are external chemicals that, that help. <laughs> yeah, do that. we love those. Yeah, um, <laughs> and but overall, like uh-huh. I get this this buzz. I was in a meeting earlier uh, today with uh, with one of my clients, and we we're kind of going through what she needs to do to kind of help dial in her business, get it more in sync. And I realized, like, I was just kind of like on this this natural high that I was just really vibing and, and we were we were getting really in in the in the flow and it brought me to this awareness of like shit this is what you need to be doing all the time mm. and I've made changes in my life recently that have allowed me to do that mm-hmm. but it's such a cool feeling that when you're in that zone of like this is what you should be doing this is how you should be doing it and you feel it and everything just kind of aligns anyway it's it's this is fantastic. So. Well, no, don't say sorry. I'm so glad that you brought that up. But you know what? You're sensitive to energy. That's also why you're very, you're very intuitive, and you 
that's why you get the buzz and and like I'm I'm sure if you're around someone that's just a fucking downer, right? Yeah. Like, does that bring you down or does it just kind of like mellow you out? Mostly just mellows me out. Okay. I feel it. Yeah. Um, Lucky bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, know. I, I, I absorb it and I'm like, Edgar Allan fucking Poe over okay. here. <laughs> I'm like, ugh. I've been very fortunate in, in my life that I don't have that, right? If I'm around somebody that's negative, it's it's pretty easy for me to slough that off. Where, where do you think, as <laughs> inquiring minds, yeah, where do you think that like comes from? Do you think that's like how do you, is that a trained technique that you've learned or you've just always been able to kind of interact with energy but not let it like absorb into you? I think there's a little bit of both um both the like nature versus nurture side of that. Uh-huh. I think there are people that are just naturally more inclined to be that way. Uh-huh. But I definitely choose to see the world that way and nice. interact with the world in that it's way. It's a conscious yeah. choose. It's a conscious conscious choice. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that it's one of those things that it takes time to to really get good at, right? The first few times Practice. That, Yeah, the, in the the first even if you were going at it for a year, um it's going to slide back you'll slide back into old habits. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a while before it becomes just a very natural thing to do. Yeah, so. or if something triggers you and you tend, you know, can regress. Yeah, slide something b- right else. back into it. Yeah. 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 You said something uh, I think the listeners would be really interested in. You said, you know, I recognize that there was this feeling I had when I was doing certain things that, you know, brought me joy, connectedness, that energy, that yeah. high. But you said I made changes in my life to get there. Recently. Like, yeah. yeah, like what? Because oh, okay. I think that that's something that a lot of people either they hear that voice and they're like, you know what? I feel good in this and, and people, I mean myself, right? Yeah. Like I have a career where I, I do feel a sense of accomplishment. Do I think it's what I was put on this earth to do? No, it, you know, it's tied to money and all of that. I'm just curious, like, can you kind of talk about the ch- changes you made and like, like what the, how it was it a struggle? Like, cause I think there's a lot of people that know they need to make changes. They just either lack the courage or creating the plan or whatever. Yeah. I think that, for most people, they know they should be doing something more. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and you fall into this. It's not a rut, but it's just it's a it's complacency, maybe mm-hmm. that you're just you're happy ish where you're at. Yeah. And there's enough happy and not enough sad to make you really want to change too much. Uh-huh. And the the fear of jumping into something new absolutely outweighs everything else on it and so because i've always been like the guy that's like yeah let's do this i'm in let's do it um yeah too bad you can't see the finger guns i was gonna say like what are you shooting over here like fast fingers mcgee over somebody sam over here (laughs) oh there you go that's what i was looking for but it went to fast fingers anyway sorry go on no but there's that fear and because i've always been the guy that jumps in like let's do this right the fear of loss to me and the fear of, of um, what what's the worst that could happen uh-huh. doesn't stick around in my brain that long. And I think it's because I have, I've seen success, I've lost a lot, I've seen success, I've lost a lot. And so I know that to be able to be successful again or if I fail, it's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah, I might stumble. Um, there was a time probably, I guess it was probably six years ago, that... Um, I was living in a garage yeah. and it was hard and I had like $14 in my bank account and I was scared of like, how am I going to get out of this? Yeah. Um, 
and it doesn't scare me anymore because if that happens, I know that whatever kind of comes along, I'll be able to overcome it. I'll be able to be, to find success again. And, and so that fear that most, that, that holds people, most people back. I don't, I don't worry about that as much anymore. You've seen the men in the max, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I hope I haven't seen the max. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to more, but I have seen the men. Yes. No, you haven't yeah. got the max yet. But so the, the, the question of what, what changed, um, the, for the past couple of years, I, I've been the president of one of my, my, uh, my companies. It's a CBD manufacturing company. Okay. Um, and we had some really cool stuff that was going on. We were growing. Uh, and then the pandemic happened and it just kind of like, mellowed out we were waiting for the fda to make a some type of ruling around cbd and ingesting it in any way shape or form just give some some guidelines yeah and so it just kind of like plateaued our business for a bit uh-huh. and we dialed in as much as we could but i was still in the day-to-day of everything 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 and i realized that i needed to take a step back out of that uh-huh. and let my my management team step up and take over and when I did that, I, I there was a, a few weeks where I was like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, mm-hmm. the world is my oyster type of a thing, but I don't have anything that I'm really wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was funny. It was a, it was probably the end of a, about two, maybe three weeks after that. Uh, when I was Cindy, our friend, same friend, mm-hmm. we went to a to a birthday party with her. Um, and she was driving up with us, and my girlfriend Ashley was like, Hey. I keep telling Nate that he should start like a consulting business and just do his thing. And Cindy's like, Oh yeah, that'd be great. You do. It'd be, you'd be fantastic at it. And I wasn't hearing them. Uh They were, what they were saying wasn't, Hey, we think you're smart. You know, business. What they're saying was, you know how to listen, you know how to maybe, um, uplift and inspire people and guide them in, in a better direction. And it was, it took me a little bit after that. And then I was like, oh, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. I'm going to start doing more of anyway. So by me stepping out of the old and letting go of that, that, that role and stepping into a new, Hey, this is what I, what I'm wanting to do more and more. It was really phenomenal. And not to like railroad this conversation too much, you're but not, no, this not. is great. Um, I've had a handful of careers in, in my life and it's been fun. Um, again, the double yellow on that, right? Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> fun, it's, fun, 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 fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, I've always really loved interacting with people and doing almost a, a, a personal coaching type situation. Yeah. And for probably six years at a, at a couple of different network marketing companies here in the Valley, I was paid by the company to work hand in hand with some of the top leaders in the company and help them set up some goals, set up, set up metrics that they were going to go for and whatnot. And I developed my own little process around, Hey, let's find your, let's find your why let's find your, let's find, uh, what really drives you. And then we'll set a goal around that and the activities that'll get you like bring you happiness or activities that'll reach your goals. That'll bring you happiness and fulfillment in your why and I remembered I had written mine down like years ago, but I had let it fall out of day to day use in my life. Yeah. And when I came back around to it and I was like, oh, shit, that's what my my why my like miss, mission statement is about helping others and interacting with others. And I was like, oh, shit, I got that makes sense. I got to do that. And since then, like stuff has just started lining up quite well in that in that space for me. 
So the really roundabout way to your question earlier, Mink, was having to let go of the need to kind of con- control the company and be involved uh-huh. and let my management team step up and do that and then find what makes me happy and what really is helping, uh, like what drives me has been phenomenal in that sense. Which so. that has to be probably pretty hard to step back and let someone else. Cause for me, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's letting go. Yeah. You know, that's, that's saying that I'm not in control, even though you are, you're in control because you're allowing that. So in a sense that is control, Yeah, but not, um, recognizing that you needed to make a change. Yeah. And there really were, there were kind of two, two, opposing thoughts for me that were conflicting for a bit. Mm-hmm. I knew, um, what's the word? I, I knew from a very emotional standpoint that I probably should do it, but I didn't want to let go. My ego was attached to that, yep. to that. Yep. Your identity. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And, and there's prestige in being the president of the company and running it and having yeah. people ask Feels you. good. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, having them come in and ask questions that they probably should know the answers to anyway, a, you know, a million times a day. Mm-hmm. There was that, that ego that was like wanting to keep that. But logically, I knew that I needed to step away because they were... I was wasting their time as much as is my own yeah. by not allowing them to to step up and grow in their own in their own space. So, um, yeah, there was a there was a while where was that conflict mm-hmm. was difficult. So. I, I love that. Well said. Well said, Nate. Thank you. Well, let's get into talking about you. And I'll, <laughs> just yeah, so people are like, who is this Nate dude? I keep telling him he's saying these amazing things. And so tell us a little bit about who you are, Nate. Um, yeah. your dad, I know you got, is it two kids? Three kids. Three kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a dad of three kids. They are, um, 12, 14 and just about to turn, turn 10. Um, I will give you the, the, uh, the short version. <laughs> it's really strange. My life has been all over the place. I grew up in uh, a small town in Northern Mexico in Chihuahua. Uh, I was raised LDS. You're not Mexican though. Uh, so I have Mexican citizenship, but, oh, okay. I'm, but I'm not, uh, I'm not Hispanic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It confuses say so, Hispanic, so many, yeah, so many people. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend still struggles with it. Hey, but you're Mexican, but that, you're not Mexican. That's a pizza right? though. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. My ex is half, uh, the differences between Latino, Hispanic, like there are people who do entire dissertations. I'm ignorant when oh, it yeah. comes to that. I, I'll yeah. admit that. You're fine. You're fine. Me- yes. Mexican is like Mexican pizza at Taco Bell, which they don't carry anymore. Did you know that? Yeah, that's <laughs> really sad. That's the honest, only thing. Honestly, I'm not disappointed. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> Mostly because growing up in Mexico, that's like, that's the worst. It's shit food, huh? Yeah. Well, I still well, think it's shit food, it's, but when I used to eat there, I, that's the only thing I ordered was a Mexican used pizza. To have at two a.m. Though I love that, oh right? God. Yeah, everybody loves food at two a.m. <laughs> they used to have back when I was in college. They used to have something on the menu called a, a caramel apple empanada. They don't have it anymore. I haven't been to Taco I've Bell in never years. Even heard of this? But it was like a hot pocket of apples hot and like pocket. caramel. There you sauce, go, right there. And it was like covered in sugar and crispy. Oh, oh my god! It was. I would. I it would actually just does order sound that. delightful. Was, they had it on the dollar menu like a couple years ago. Oh, so it, you know yeah. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. went what? not long ago and I was like, where the fuck is the caramel empanada? Oh, they didn't have it. 
And I was like, Did you say it like that? I may have said that. Where the fuck is this caramel enchilada? Well, you know, like it was one of those nights where, you know, you have a hankering Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to go. Like it was the only thing I went for. I didn't go for tacos. I didn't go for anything else. I just wanted that. Mm. And they didn't. They said, we don't carry those anymore. Well, it's probably for the best. It's probably for the best. Let's put that to bed. <laughs> well, but yeah. So, so I, in I, grew Mexico. Up, I grew up in northern Mexico. Uh-huh. Did my, my, my grade school, my high school, all, all the way through. Uh, came out here to go to BYU. Um, it was a, a great couple of years that I lasted there. Um, <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, and then while I was going to school, I was working full time for a network marketing company. And it was really cool because I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. My, my parents had a bakery. We had um, we had a pizza shop for a while. Oh, wow. When I was 15, my my actual, like, a real job, not just like, oh, hey, go tend to the... I had to manage the pizza shop all summer. And That's awesome. And I was there in the morning opening, ran it all day, closed it down, drove home at night. And um, I don't think you can have those same experiences here in the States, especially nowadays. No. Right? I mean, can't. especially because... I don't know if I was supposed to be driving. I was just going to say learning permit. <laughs> yeah, you're Mexico. 15, but I get. I used to do that. In Oregon. Child labor yeah. laws. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not a, not a thing in Mexico. Um, but it instilled this like, hey, like you can you can do some you can do stuff in your life and you can work hard and and um anyway um then probably 2011 2012 or so um a couple of buddies of uh, of mine and I started our first company. We're like, hey, we see there's a, a, a niche in the market and we made a product called Six for Men. It was a men's multivitamin, six different capsules. Like we dug into it. We built a product that we wanted to use and we had no idea what the fuck we were doing. Mm. <laughs> um, aside from we knew how to make it look really pretty. Uh-huh. Marketing and, is everything though. You know this. Yeah. You're in it right now. So, so from a brand perspective, it yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. And we we put it up online. We started getting some sales, and we didn't know how to on the marketing side of things and the sales side of things, the direct to consumer. We were horrible at it. It's still this company is still around, and it's a great product, but we still don't know how to market like direct to consumer. I will I'll say I am not the best when it comes to that. Mm. Um, but it looks great, great product. Um, but it gave me that bug of like, hey. There, you should be doing some stuff in the uh, in the space. Yeah. Do you still own this company? Yeah. Oh, you yeah, still got it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's it's like thriving or like no, still going or it's just, going. Yeah. Just barely on the lifeline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. It's uh, in. What's the name it, of the company? It's called Six Nutrition with okay. the uh, VI. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And because that was kind of the first our first foray into it, there there are a handful of us as owners in there, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Of course, we, we it was sponsored fun. Some, yeah, we sponsored events. We'd sponsor races and triathlons. Yeah. We'd get to go out and, and give out give vitamins to people. And then we made it. Uh, we made a hydration drink with um, a little bit of caffeine and some electrolytes, and it tasted great. And so we'd go out and like sample it at races, and people would love it, and they'd they'd buy it. And um, but the idea and i doubt this is unfamiliar to your listeners but the idea that um not just your intentions that you put out to the universe mm-hmm. but where you focus grows yes and it hasn't grown because we haven't focused yeah on you're it. not putting your energy yeah. into it there's no yeah exactly what you put anything negative or positive whatever energy you put into that that's what's going to magnify yeah yeah and we haven't put any negative yeah. or positive into it's it. It's just there. Yeah. It's like I said, it's on the lifeline. It's just there. It's there. Yep. Well, I may have a little direct to consumer 
experience. So, so if you ever want to pick my brain, we're definitely gonna have to talk <laughs> after this. Um, so you have that company. Had that company. Then, then a couple years later, we started uh, a network marketing company together called M Network, and it just it came together very very well. Um, I think we had our first like phone call as potential owners in June. By August, we had launched the company or had started all the stuff, started working on software for it. Um, by November, we had product. And by July of the next year, so 12, 13 months after just the first phone call about, hey, let's do something, um, one of the other partners had bought us out. Oh, wow. wow. And how, how does that happen? Like, they just, you have no say if they're like, here's money. Like, can't oh, you say, no, I don't want it? Yeah, absolutely. You can You can definitely say no. And um, it, it was... Uh, it was kind of an us or him situation. Oh, okay. Um, he was a great guy. I, I, I love him. Um, but he wanted to be the guy uh-huh. running the company. Ego. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, it's okay. He's a phenomenal salesman. Uh-huh. Really good salesman. And we had a couple, a, a little bit of um, probably cultural differences uh-huh. about how where the company should be going and mm-hmm. whatnot. And it was kind of a, like the the couple of partners and I and he and one of the other partners were like, all right, hey, either you you guys run this or we we take it yeah. over. Yeah. And he presented us with a with an offer that it was like, all right, okay. cool. Someone I, someone gives you cash and I get oh, that. Yeah. 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 Um. And if anybody comes to me with cash to buy buy a company, I have a hard time not selling because I'm. From the day I start the the company, I'm already looking at what am I gonna what am I for gonna real? Do, do you yeah. come up with a number when you start? Do you say what's my fuck it number and like my next adventure number, or do you like how do you come up with that? Like where's that sweet spot? Yeah, so I think there if you're building a company that you want to sell, you should have that number. Yeah, and um, there's a really good book out there called Built to Sell. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he suggests is write that number down in an envelope, seal it up, and put it in a drawer. Yep. So when someone presents it to you, regardless of, because um, it can creep, right? Yeah. Y- you might be having some really good success and be like, that number might be five million to somebody. Um, and as it starts to creep up, you're like, no, I can get ten million for this company. But two years ago, you knew you'd be happy with five, yeah. and you would take it. So you got to write it down in an envelope and put it away. So that when they come back to you, or when they, when they present you with an offer, you can open it up and be like, "Hey, this is this this makes sense for me." And hold yourself accountable. Too. Yeah, my yeah. mind is still blown over here. Okay, like, so you you build companies and you have in mind to sell them, like from the get go. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see, so this is this is new new oh, thinking. Yeah, like, I have no why though. What, like to me, maybe because I put too much emotion in it. Well, and it does depend on why you're doing it, right? So. If you're building a company that you want to to sell, mm-hmm. the way you look at it and the way you look at the day-to-day interactions change significantly. So the problem that I needed, and we talked about how I stepped back a, a few months ago, I knew that I needed to get out of the day-to-day because I was going to be a hindrance for somebody else to come in and take over that company. Mm-hmm. I knew that if I was the the gatekeeper of information. If I was the bottleneck of everything, no one would be, no one would feel confident to come in and take over that company and take it to where it, it could potentially be like mm-hmm. next the next steps in that. Um, now, when you're in a service industry, that's a lot. It's a it's a lot different 
um, you can't do that w- when we talk about Reiki, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, because I'd be selling myself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My price is high, buddy. <laughs> you can't buy this. To take me off the market. Yeah. yeah. I, would, I would say there's a personality component because... Um, my ex did startups and, um, you must've been a great guy then. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. We're not even, don't even go down that road. You Hold back, what? Meg. He Hold was back. a great, great businessman. I'll oh. give him that. And, and we're um, going to end there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what I learned from him and the stories he would tell me about startups and this, cause he advised in private equity, VC, everything. Yeah. He, you know, what he realized is there are, are personalities of people who get that high of creating, right? Yeah. Creating a vision, creating a team, bringing people together. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that, you know, are like, okay, I built this. I want to hand this over. I want to go do my next adventure. Like I was um, having dinner with one of the guys that was like at the ground level of Finicity, which sold to MasterCard, right? Huge company. And I, and he just said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person I like to create. Right. And you have to always have that next challenge. And I think, there's a whole different skill set and personality profile yes. of someone who creates versus someone who then takes it and says, okay, let's continue scaling. Let's continue building. And then, you know, it's just, it's almost like your life, right? There's different iterations. Yeah. There's different skill sets it takes to be a good 10 year old versus a good 30 year old. Right. Mm-hmm. Same concept, I think is a, is a company leader. Would I, you say that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a lot of those you can develop, yeah. but some of them I think are very just like innate. innate. They're part of who you are. Well, yeah. that's where I, I go back to like like a mom and pop shop, right? Yeah. And like a, yeah. like a donut shop. And you could probably relate to this because you grew up with, yeah. you know, and like they they put their like their whole energy and their, their love and their mm-hmm. passion and people come to them because, you know, not necessarily because the food's amazing, but they get to see Joe smile at them. And like, to me, like that is, that's, that's living, that's life. So just building it and be like, I can't wait to sell this and make a profit to me. That blows my mind. But I understand how people would want to do that now. You're teaching me. Yeah. But it's, I, I, maybe cause I cling. Well, no, <laughs> I think it's cause it's not the company he's building. It sounds like it's, it's the idea. It's the team. It's the, like you said, the culture. processes and the culture. Mm-hmm. And then it's almost like you've created this little baby. Right. And it's like, okay, I've set this foundation. You've got all the framework. Just, you know, make sure you keep feeding the baby and nurturing yeah. it. Right. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And that's, that's probably a good point because, um, I don't have a hard time letting go of relationships. My girlfriend. Oh, here we go. This is, we're getting to the underlying IV and you just blood transfers over here. Here we go. This is, okay, go preach. Well, uh, and I don't know, I don't know, maybe there's a, maybe there's some trauma as a kid that I had that I just, I'm not aware of, but I don't, I don't, I love relationships, but I'm okay. Like when it ends, I feel very like, all right, cool. It's, it's, it's run its course. I'm ready to move on. Wow. My girlfriend hates that. Scares her to death. And Which I think, honestly, that I'm learning because I attach to people. I cling to people. Okay, I, I'm codependent. I go I, to code I, meetings I, once I, a week, and it's not just relationship. Guilty. I cling to friends. I cling yeah. to you know. There's a lot of things because of my trauma in my yeah. childhood because I was yeah. have abandonment issues and yada yada yeah. yeah. But um, what you just said right now, and I don't know if you've listened to this book, Awareness by Anthony Del Mello. No, I've I've heard of it though. Okay, it's a phenomenal book. You need to listen to it. And I've told so many people, and I've I've said it on here before, and I've actually played some of his um, uh, some of his lectures on here. But he talks about just kind of what you said. Um, in a relationship, it's okay. It's ran its course. I enjoyed it while it lasts. Yeah, and I'm ready to let it go because I know it's ran its course. I do not cling. Yeah, 
and I don't get attached. But have and you I, ever been cheated on? Yeah. And it still doesn't. Yeah. What's your th- yeah? What's your thoughts? Is it if different? This Does kind it of hit different. Um, it did, but and it's taken in my current relationship with my girlfriend. We've been together four years now. Uh-huh. Um, it took me a while to l- let the walls down a little bit uh-huh. because after um. I was married to this lady, the 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 lady that cheated on me uh, for almost a year. It almost lasted a year. It was a great. I got great, five great months time. before oh, it happened. Nice. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we can give out trophies, that's a that's a pretty big. Trophy. Oh, that's that's. Uh, oh, uh, we haven't podcast about this. Don't give it away. <laughs> no, 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 okay. No, that's yeah. the next yeah. podcast. Stay but, tuned, everybody. So, um, it took me a while to to realize that like I wasn't letting people in completely either. And so finding a balance between being able to let people in and being okay that there could be hurt mm-hmm. as part of it, it has, it, it has taken a little, uh, well, not a little bit, a lot of work. Um, but I'm at the place where I'm cool with it now, again now. It just, it took me a second to get over, you know, bring those walls down a little bit of like, hey, if it happens, it's out of my control, mm-hmm. like, well, to a certain degree. I think some people when, and when I've talked to other people and and this is still teaching myself too, because like I said, I I like to attach and cling, um, but I'm getting a lot better at it. But the people that don't understand that, like I enjoy you when I have you and when you're ready to go, I'm going to be okay with that too, because my sympathy still plays like, you know, it's like an orchestra, like you bring this melody in and I have a melody and together we have this beautiful, yeah this beautiful band, whatever yeah. you want to call it. And then when you leave, mine still plays. And yeah. then somebody else will come in with a new melody. And I think for some people, they're like, well, you're not, you're not loving them then. If you're not, like, you're full on like. Yeah. Have you noticed that with your kids, that the transition when you divorced it and you didn't have your kids with you all the time and they're gone, you know, whether it's a weekend or even an overnight, that you had that same almost like detachment and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I feel my like my kid- heart was breaking. Yeah. And now... After it's been a while, you're like, I can enjoy my time separate from my kids. I love that analogy. That's yeah. great. And but I still love them. I, I would do absolutely. anything for them. Yeah. And you know that they're they're safe. They're doing their thing. And when they come back to you, you can be there with them in the moment, knowing that, you know, at the end of the week or next week or whatever, when they go back uh, or go with their dad, then they're going to be fine over there. Mm-hmm. You'll think about them, sure. Um, you may worry about them, but they know that you love them. They love you. And there's this like, hey, we're acceptance kind of. of and I don't know. I, th- I think it makes you more in the moment. Present, yeah. being yeah. present, well, living what, in the now. What you guys are talking about, only because I'm, I may or may not have three to four codependency books I'm currently uh, simultaneously (laughs) reading. You're getting there, Meg. And what you guys are talking about, what I'm hearing is like, you know, I think so many people are conditioned to believe that in order to be whole, it's almost like you're not your own puzzle piece, right? Like you need that person to complete you. And when they're not there, you don't feel whole, right? And that's why that hurts so bad. And it's not healthy, right? Because if you're, if you're constantly feeling like you need someone else to make you whole, then in your mind, at least myself, you're constantly playing in your head the anxiety of when they're not around, right? Yeah. So like something that I recognize now developed um, in the early stages of my um, relationship that turned into a marriage and divorce was um, he traveled for the first year and a half or two. Mm-hmm. And he was gone five days a week, and I would just see him on the weekends. And it created this 
triggering of abandonment where if he when he was in town it was such a hyper like concentrated focused interaction right but it was almost um synthetic right in that it was this orchestrated very specific amount of time um and then he was gone and i found myself not being present in those moments because i was constantly thinking okay it's friday night if i get there by 10 i'll get to sleep you know we'll get to sleep in the same bed but then saturday he's got his cycling he's got to do and then he's going to go do this so then i'm only going to get the evening with him and then he's gone sunday night that's exhausting to me and that you know i realized that that developed this really weird power dynamic um that just triggered you know the abandonment issues yeah. codependency and that you know continued on in the, yeah. in the relationship and i think for anyone listening that feels um you know and starts to look into why don't i feel whole right i think that yeah. that and how, ties back to it how easy it could have been mm-hmm. not saying uh, no simple simple is a better word not easy mm-hmm. how simple it could have been if you could have rewritten the script a little bit mm-hmm. and said I get to be with this person two to three days a week. Yep. And you could have made a, almost like a honeymoon phase out of that mm-hmm. for so long. Um, I get to be with this person, give them everything for, for a couple of days and we get to be jointly together, just like the two of us just, and then they do their thing and I do my yeah. thing and then you can come back together. But right? that's an abut- but that's like, if he wants to do it too. Correct. You yeah, have to absolutely. have both on the on board yeah. with that. Yeah, and that comes back to that. I think what I hear in your in your words are it's a difference between an abundance mindset and a scarcity mindset. Absolutely. You mm-hmm. know, like if if you lead into it as like all I have here is to gain pleasure and enjoyment and energy from this person during this time versus what I'm going to lose when they're gone, I think that that bleeds over to so many different like domains of life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I struggle with. I know that. Well, and I think the most important thing here is the awareness is when you start to, and it's a practice. Mm -hmm. Like I I practice this at like every relationship every day. I'm constantly um, finding myself slipping into that. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to ache. I miss him. Mm -hmm. And, but then I'm like, okay, I'm going to be fine. I'm okay. You know, like I, I constantly start to notice when I start to slip into that phase, into that attachment and clinging. Are you talking about like while in the relationship or after the relationship? Both. Okay. Yeah. Even both. It's weird. It's like, even like sometimes you get to a point where you're with that person all the time. And then all of a sudden you like go away for the weekend. And like, I'm such a, (laughs) such a shithead. I would never like, I would always pretend like I'm so cool and I'm Mm -hmm. fine. But really inside I've, I, I have like this. Like it's almost like a panic attack uh-huh. when I'm not with that person because society being raised in society, you know, you have these fucking Hallmark cards like, oh my gosh, here's the other piece of the puzzle. I'm not whole until yeah, like you what complete, you said, yeah. you complete yeah. me and all this stupid shit that it's so not, it's completely the opposite of what it's supposed to be. You should complete yourself. Yeah. And that's when you can truly love somebody else when you love yourself. And so I constantly find myself when I'm in a relationship or when I'm not because I miss those fun moments yeah. I find myself slipping into that and then I'm like, okay, you know what? You're okay. I have to bring it back. I have to. Yeah. And you have to, you have to rewrite that script. Yes. From a, from a scarcity to an abundance mentality and to be able to, it, it's, it's simple. It's not easy. It's simple though of saying, Hey, how cool is it that I get to spend time with this person? And right now I'm going to be in the present, whatever you're doing. If you're, your way, he's away, whatever. And be able to just be in that moment. Like this is where I should be right now and enjoy it and know that, I'll get to that. 
I'll get, I'll, I'll come back to him. If it's meant to be, I'll come, it'll, it'll cap, it'll yeah. happen. What will be, will be. Yeah. hundred yep. percent. So. All right. Shifting a oh, little bit. Did we get to. I know. Yeah. 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 I didn't think we we're going to go down. I do a five hour podcast oh, gosh. on that. Yeah, I didn't we're, think we we're, were going to. talking about my company. <laughs> I know. Right. And it went into the relationship. Isn't that funny how things just go, how they're supposed to well, go? Like it really was. It's supposed to happen that way. It's funny, but it's also, it makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I think sometimes so many, t- so many, I see it in business all the time. People make decisions in a business domain and it's like they take off their brain and forget that we're all just human, right? Absolutely. And it's like, oh, well, we should do this because this is how an organization will make a decision, yada, yada. It's like, no, no, no. An organization is made of people, right? Yeah. They're going to be averse to typically you know, fear, change, mm-hmm. uh, discomfort. Like how do we address those core human issues? And that's even in a relationship, whether it be your boss, your colleague, your wife, whatever it may be. So, yeah, I, I mean, they are yeah. intertwined. Yeah. That is true. That, that's a great point, Meg, that you just made. Um, uh, so going back to your your companies. Yeah. Oh, so we, we started M Network and got bought out. That's how we got down that road. Yeah, yeah. Of, okay. of the relationships. Bu- building, building a company to sell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we sold that company and there, there were four of us that had, we had started six nutrition together. We started M network with a couple guys and we're like, what are we going to do? Um, we've got some cash, we've got some time and we realized we love that startup environment. We love the culture. We love wearing different hats and, and, and figuring out how to, whether we're bootstrapping something and, or helping somebody identify why they are, what the company needs to be, blah, blah, blah. So we started this company called factory six. And Factory 6, when we started, was it was a, more of a branding company. We would help you identify who you are, your look, your feel. And then because of our background in supplements, we could create a supplement in addition to your product or for an additional product line. So you could, we could go to a company that was doing a couple million in sales a year. They couldn't afford a full marketing team or a branding team. Mm-hmm. They couldn't afford... Um, somebody to help develop a product for them. So we could come in and say, hey, we'll do this for you. And you can buy the product and we'll help with all the ancillary, the website, the the branding, the That's marketing, nice. all the stuff. Um, and it was fun. In the first year, it was 2017, 2018. And we kept having people hit us up. Hey, we need CBD. We need CBD. We need CBD. We need, who, who do you know? And at that time, the CBD was the Wild West. And it still mm-hmm. feels like it a little bit, but it wasn't that wild. Like, yeah. Um, so we're like, hey, let's get into this. Well, let's try try this out. We we know we can do it. We have enough background in manufacturing and supplements. We can do it, and we can do it well. Um, and I remember the first time that we bought CBD because you couldn't buy CBD here in Utah at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this shocker. Was, yeah, this was probably um, <laughs> October of 2018, and we 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 had to drive over to Denver, and we had to wire these guys money into their bank account. And it was like $12,000 for a kilo of CBD. <laughs> and we met in like, wow. a, in like a fucking Wendy's parking lot <laughs> oh to do the exchange. <laughs> exchange. Yeah. Stop. And they brought us like a, it was like a mason jar of oh. a kilo of CBD. And we're like, cool, I guess this is Was it cash? Did you walk up with 12 G's cash? Was no, it a cashier's check? We had to wire it to him. So okay. it was electronic wire. And that, oh, wow. you know, at the time we're like, that's a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a... A chunk of the company we have right now. Let's mm-hmm. and uh, we're like, all right, we gotta, we gotta clean this up. We gotta fig- figure this out. And a couple months later, the um, the hemp bill came out, the the agricultural bill in 2018, and it made it a lot more legal for us to bring it back because bringing back it, it wasn't legal to cross the lines with that. And yeah. so we would like 
put it in the in the back of the truck and like hide it and stuff and just pray that we wouldn't get pulled over. In the first couple of years of doing that, um, we did that a, a couple of times. Um, <laughs> a few. Yeah. There was one time I, that I drove over in, in my truck and I had to bring back like $150,000 in, in CBD. <laughs> oh my gosh. You were the mule. Yeah. It was, a, oh my it was exactly what it was. But it was CBD. We were, yeah. We were thinking about like buying a plane so that we, we didn't have to like drive I-70. Pablo Escobar over yeah. here. And it was just, it was the wild west of that. And we started developing new products and because mm-hmm. and, everybody was just doing like tinctures and balms. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is the standard mm-hmm. leftover from, from the, the, from pot and marijuana days of that. That's the easiest thing. That's what you're supposed to do with CBD. So we started doing tablets and capsules and we started putting it into drink mixes and playing around with it. Um, and that kind of grew and grew and grew till the pandemic and it just kind of plateaued because cbd we're just waiting mostly it wasn't the pandemic as much it was the the fda punted mm-hmm. they were supposed to everybody anticipated them in january of 2020 making an announcement about hey here's some regulatory uh-huh. uh, advice on on cbd and they never did they FDA's just, they just, yeah phenomenal just, they've just been punting since so yeah yeah I'm just wait, waiting for that yeah. just to collapse and die yeah and i don't understand why people even how it's in power <laughs> Oh, anyway, I so that don't you. get me on startled on that one. <laughs> yeah, we could go down that rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> we will. We'll save that for another time. <laughs> well, and so uh, along the road, when we when we had kind of early on started uh, Factory Six, there were a couple other companies that we we helped out. Um, and earlier today, you uh, you got a tour of one of those other companies that we helped start out was the, the distillery Clearwater Distilling in uh, in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that because that's yeah. freaking awesome. So Factory Six, we we helped do the brand for it. Um, I uh, helped do all the copy for it, the the look, the feel. We helped do all of that, and so um, I'm one of the minority owners as part of that. And I love it; it's such a fun thing. So now you've got essentially weed and alcohol on on my plate now. Um, and <laughs> yeah, um, shrooms but, coming to you soon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's coming soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, and then um. Fast forward to where I am now, and um, I still do some stuff a little here at Factory Six uh, with the CBD and, and the the supplement manufacturing. Do some at Clearwater with the distillery, and most of my time now it's fun. I get to spend working one on one with uh, individuals with, or, or small businesses and help dial in whether it's processes or look into hey what is your what is the reason you are a company mm-hmm. how can we set your vision and your mission to to grow are you wanting to sell is it something that you know like for yourself back like it's, I was going to say can is, you do an example towards me so if someone was listening to this and they're like you know what I want to reach out to Nate and yeah. see if he can help my small business yeah like what would you like what would you how would you help me yeah so from a small business standpoint um I kind of split it into two separate categories. There's a, I'm a small business. I'm just a single person. That's me. Yeah. And then there's a, I'm a small business. I have a team of employees, even though they might be small, but it's a team of employees. Mm-hmm. And I treat them kind of differently because as an individual, what you're doing, even though it's your business um, and you're treating it like a business, more than likely it's more about who you are. 100%. And so I'll focus on you. And we talked a little bit earlier about that process that I kind of developed, the, the steps of your why, your goals, your activities. And then uh, after that, we just talk about accountability with that. And uh, I'll take anywhere between five to, to six weeks and we'll, we'll meet like weekly for an hour or so, walk through and we'll really massage your why. 
and your goals and your activities. And what that all does is it just helps you fall into alignment with who you really are. I feel like I need this. It's, I feel like I have an idea, right? But yeah. just like what you said, hone it in. Yeah. And the cool thing is my favorite part about that is within the the first couple of weeks, we have a rough draft of your why. And I love your why to be a one sentence thing. Sometimes I'll let, let, let it slide and let someone go into a two sentence thing, but it becomes this mission statement of who you are. Um, it's not a goal. It's not something that you're trying to achieve. It's who you are. And whatever your, um, whatever the best way you can take that why and put it so it's front and center all the time. If you have an office, um, you can print it out and put it in the office. If, if you're into needlepoint, needlepoint a cute little pillow and put it on a pillow <laughs> or whatnot. And, and it becomes this thing that you look at and it reminds you why you're doing what you're doing. When times are hard or when they're going well, you can remind that. And like I was saying earlier, mine, I had forgotten about it. Like I had forgotten and I had gotten so involved in the day-to-day at Factory 6 doing the, the being president and being the guy in charge. I had forgot that I love helping people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and just because it's kind of at the point, I was like, all right, I'm, I just gotta, I gotta fucking say it. Like I'll, my why, um, is I am the emphatic beat of action and creation. Damn. Thanks. How long did it take you to come up with that? Cause that's phenomenal. Well, you have a degree in English, right? I do. Yeah. yeah my yeah, my, my, my yeah. dad's in English. So words are very important to me. Yes. Oh, I love it. Um, but anybody can have one that powerful. That one resonates very well with me. I love people that can get, or I love in the process of being able to dial that in with someone to where it's one sentence and every word has multiple meanings. So when I say, um, when I say like, I'm the emphatic beat, hopefully you're imagining like somebody beating a drum. It's exactly what I was imagining. And to me, every single one of those words conjures uh, stories from my past of what I've done um, it, it, con- it, like it brings to mind experience that is, that I've had feelings and emotions that go along with it. And just in saying it and repeating it, it brings like an uplift to me. Like I just get energy, gr- good vibes kind of flowing from it. It's um, very powerful. Thank you. I mean, yeah. one little sentence, like who, who would have thought like that was really powerful when he said that. And I was, I felt it. Absolutely. It was it, really and, and great. The fact that it's you me. make, yeah. The fact that you keep it to one sentence says a lot because I don't uh, know if I could do that. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> but you can. You absolutely can. Yeah. I need your help. I guarantee you can. I I've really done it do. with hundreds of people and it's phenomenal how dialed in it is. And the cool thing when you when you work through that process and you set it up to hey, this is what we're gonna go, uh or the the, the goal of it, it doesn't change over the course of your life because it's the core of who you are. Whereas if you set a goal like, all right, well, I want to be a millionaire or I want to be a better mom or whatever. That's attainable. And when you hit that goal, is your life over? Does your life have no meaning? Yeah. So you set it up in a way that... It can grow. Yeah. And it, it'll always be there and it doesn't change. Like it it's might living var- and breathing. Yeah, it might vary a little bit, mm-hmm. but I wrote mine... 14, 15 years ago, and it hasn't changed. I very still believe, or I believe very much that that's still who I am as a person. My goals will come and go, and how I, how I would look at it, and maybe my interpretation of what I should be doing at the time based off it, but it stays the same. So so as an individual, that's kind of the route that I take because 
we're not worried about how do I get my employee to, to do this or how do I dial in a, a process that my employees can follow, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when I look at a, a small business and a, com- and, a, and a company with a couple of employees, I treat it a little bit differently. I definitely take a couple, uh, a, a little bit of time to make sure that you, under as a company, you understand where you're trying to be in the niche that you're trying to fill so that you're not spinning your wheels on, you know, activities that are not going to bring you income and revenue and they're not going to build you as a company. Um, but then we'll start dialing into, all right, so let's talk about some of the things that are struggling. Most people that go to a to a coach or whatnot, they know what they need to to, to work on. They just don't know how to get out of that. Yeah, they right? they yeah they yeah. like they know, but they're stuck. Yeah. They're like, hey, can you help guide me out? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, the same people go to a therapist, and the therapist doesn't tell you your problems. You tell the therapist your problems. You're the and therapist, the, the, yeah, in a the, sense. The yeah. therapist guides you to your own answer. Yeah. Exactly. But that's kind of what I do ones. too. Yeah. Like, the shitty ones are prescriptive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's good. That's but it, it's through listening and kind of um, helping understand where the core of the issue is in the business that then you can give advice on how to how to proceed how to how to improve on it but it's only through really digging in and getting into all right let's let's hear what are the frustrations what are the things that you want to see change and then we can we can get into that way so what would you call this that you do like a a consulting like yeah so i call it um small business consulting and executive uh coaching Okay, so that... Executive is probably a strong term for that. (laughs) It's a little intimidating. But Um, I don't consider it like a personal coach, even though that's the core of kind of what it is. But Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. Well, I I like though, I mean, a lot of people that say that they're, and I'm doing air quotes right now, that they're coaches, right? They don't have all the business background. They don't have all the entrepreneurship and they haven't failed. They haven't uh, been successful. Just like you said, you, you failed a few times. You been successful too so you have that experience experience is key in everything absolutely if you don't have experience i don't even want to like deal with you on a bit like business or even like relationship honestly <laughs> like experience trumps thank you yeah. trump <laughs> don't start that <laughs> experience trumps over everything yeah. it really does in my book and so i love that you have all that so i think that's really great that you're starting to follow your passion. You figured out what you you want and what you want to do. And you're still doing these startup companies. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to get into the startup. Well, this, this is one of your startup companies, right? The, what is it called? The Clearwater Distilling. Yes. Clearwater Distilling. So Meg and I actually joined you today. We got a tour of, of the building, which is so cool. Isn't it great? Oh my gosh. You go in there and it's like speakeasy. Yeah, that's the vibe. I got, if I were to like one sentence it, it's Great Gatsby Speakeasy, an industrial Great Gatsby Speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, I love the space. It's phenomenal. Yeah, it is really. When, we, when we're working on the brand, the, the main owners um, are Matt O'Claire and Stephanie O'Claire. They're husband and wife. They're the mm-hmm. main owners. Um, and when they came in saying, hey, we're going to start a distillery. And in Utah County, and we're like, oh, cool. <laughs> I've known Matt and Stephanie for uh, probably 15 years. And um, it was probably four years ago when they, they decided they wanted to start this thing. And they wanted like an Art Deco vibe. Their first, or a lot of the inspiration was Josephine Baker, uh-huh. that speakeasy um, bootlegger vibe. Uh-huh. And we were able to execute very well on that. And so I appreciate you guys saying that that's the vibe you get from it. Because yeah. that's really what we were going for. Imagine that. that. So yeah. knocked it out of the park. So they came to you 
And then so like, are you, are you in business, like you business partners with them just, or are you can like, did they come for you for consulting? Like, so they came to us to help. They came to us um, at factory six when we were doing branding. Okay. And we had worked with them before uh, in other companies. Um, Matt and I worked together at a company called Zango back in the day in early 2000s. And so he knew that what my business partners and I, what we could do um, and that we were into the branding space. So we, and not to get too much into the weeds here, but as, as part of the initial setup of the company um, and the ownership that we as, as uh, factor six got in the company, um, we did their entire branding and it was probably realistically, it was probably a 150 to $200,000 job of branding. Oh my gosh. It's wow. just because of how, time intense it is mm-hmm. the level that we did it um, it's phenomenal though yeah the, the marketing is beautiful and when you set something up right when you take the time to really dig into that we went through a whole process who are you why are you what are the colors that the feelings what do you what are what do you want people to emote as they're seeing your product and we went through all those steps and it takes a while to do that we went through probably hundreds of fonts and logos and and all the stuff that goes along with it. So, um, and, um, I have some very, very talented partners at factory six that helped that were able to help set that up. Mm -hmm. Um, Will pig is uh, a buddy of mine lives in Florida. He's one of the owners in factory six with me and he's a phenomenal artist. Just, he knows his craft so well. And he's one of the, the, um, He's the like pen to paper art type oh, wow. person. So yeah. he's the one that was able to set that up and then we we're able to really work hand in hand mm-hmm. with them to create the brand. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it was a lot of fun. Um once we had set the brand up and kind of got it at that point, because my other partners don't really drink, um I not a don't really, they don't drink. <laughs> they like being they they like uh-huh. the, the 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 vibe. The, the vibe, yeah. But, but they don't but they don't and, drink. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And I, so, I I'm not a big drinker, but I enjoyed it today and, and I would bring a group of friends to come do a tour. I mean, it just seems like a great afternoon of Yeah. Like I don't think you have to be a drinker to enjoy what I tasted today and like cuz like we were yeah. talking about mixing it with fruit juices, but also just like a cool like hey, let's get together, you know, people love axe throwing. If that's like like just a unique yeah. event and to be surrounded and learn, like it was just such a neat yeah. process. And so yeah, they do tours at, at the at the, um Yeah, I was going to ask you that was my next question what yeah. they do there. They do tours there. I think they're only like 10 bucks. Like, really? You, you can book them online. Yeah, and you get to taste all of uh, all of the the different spirits that we make there. All of them? Yeah. Because I tasted, we tasted three. We did light oh. shots on, not even shots. We did very, very light. <laughs> and I was buzzing three. on I was, three. Yeah. And I was like, listen, I got to drive and I got to do a few <laughs> other things before we podcast tonight. So yeah. I was like, I can't imagine. I'm, I'd be shit faced. <laughs> yeah. uh, sign me up. <laughs> but it's cool. It's a cool experience because you yeah. go in and you get to learn how, uh, how booze is made, how we at Clearwater, how we're different. And we walk you through the process of, uh, just what we do, how any liquor in the world is made, is made. There are a couple of little simple steps to it. Um, and it's, it's educational and fun. Yeah. Yes, Whether you drink or not, it's cool to see that. That's, that's really that's cool. We do stuff. Yeah. It's behind so. the curtain. Yeah. You're seeing behind yeah, yeah. the curtain it, and in the art, in the craft of it. Yeah. Real quick. Cause because I'm curious of whiskey, cause I'm not the biggest whiskey drinker. Yeah. 
And the main whiskeys I've tried was like, I think I've tried, is Jameson whiskey? Jameson. Jameson. Yeah. Um, the freaking, what's that McGuire, that fighter guy, the Irish guy? Oh, yeah, his proper 12. McGregor. Proper 12. Gregor. McGuire. Proper 12. I've tried that, you know, because it was like, yeah. I think, what, uh, what's that Irish holiday? St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, yeah. I'm hitting it hard, guys, uh, and I haven't had any to drink right now, so there's Yet. that. Yet we're getting ready. We're gonna do some more taste testing. Um, I hadn't had enough. So whiskey. Yes, whiskey. Thank you. And then what's that? A uh, fireball. Oh yeah. So yeah. I tried. That's whiskey, yeah, right? It is. Which is shit whiskey. Yeah, in it's my a opinion, whiskey. it's disgusting, and you're gonna get a hangover. 100. Tons of artificial flavors. Yes. Tons of added sugars. Yeah. So. Because I, I want to make this known because there I know so many people that fucking love Fireball and it drives me nuts because I think it's disgusting. Yeah. And it's a like it's it's a recipe for a hangover. So tell me, you have something, and I don't even want to say similar to it, but you would compare this to Fireball because it's cinnamon whiskey. It is. Yeah. So anytime you add any type of flavor to it, you the um the TTB, which is the the bureau that is over spirits and and whatnot, the in the, the federal government, they require you to label as a flavored whiskey. Mm-hmm. So this falls into the same flavored whiskey category as as uh, um, as Fireball, but ours is called Scandal Lust. Which um, I like the name. Yeah. And here, let me hand you that bottle so Wait, you can look can, at it. Okay, I'm going to look at it. Can you actually hand me a shot? I'm going to try some right now. Because yeah. I did try this once before at the party. You yeah. got, you'd brought some for everybody to try. Yeah. And it was really good. It was smooth. Yeah. And so where Fireball has artificial flavors so it's a bunch of different chemicals in it and then there's a lot of added sugars we have two ingredients in this we have whiskey and we have cinnamon sticks that's it that's phenomenal you don't have to put all the shit in it and it tastes better yeah and it smells for anyone that Mm, i mean it's good honestly if you could make this into like a lotion oh god i would totally (laughs) rock this you would you're so funny oh i love it i mean i mean when you think of alcohol, you think surely no one would ever make that into lotion, but it doesn't smell like alcohol. It's so soft. It's so smooth. It it's is so soft. Yeah. Wait, so the, Nate the needs a shot is, real quick. Yeah. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some of the next one. Okay. Yeah. Grab a shot glass for him though, because right. we have a shot glass for you, Nate. So, like I said, there's only two ingredients in there. The secret sauce for it is how much and how long, and that's something that we we won't give away. Um, what? what? Yeah. Also, there when we were doing this, we found out there are like. 30-something different varieties of cinnamon. Here, you can hang on to that. You know, oh, little yeah, known yeah. fact, yeah, how much how much, and how long is actually the key to a sex life as well. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> sorry. There it sorry. Is. It's been, I'm, I'm on a dry, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, yeah. So, um, <laughs> Megan needs a boyfriend. No, <laughs> no not a boyfriend, <laughs> just a fling. <laughs> One-nighter. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers. There you go. I was, gonna, with, my, I was with my uh, friend that lived in Prague this weekend, and I think it's Nostro, is it? It's not in Russian. It's Nostrovia or something like that. There was a different huzzah. Word. Yeah. That's what huzzah. we're gonna do. Huzzah! Okay, here we go. We're gonna take a shot right now. All right, ready? Go. I can't wow. believe. Right? I'm not a whiskey drinker. Like I said, I've tried them. I'm, I'm not after a bad whiskey night that I had like five years ago. Yeah, but this is amazing. I know. It's smooth. It tastes good. And I think people that... And it won't give you a hangover. That is yeah, so much better than Fireball. Thank you. I know. That yeah. is like... It's if phenomenal. you were to give a, fi- a metaphor, that's like a Kia versus like a Lexus. Lux. Yeah. Like it's just... Mm-hmm. You can taste the quality in it. Yeah. You, you can taste the quality in it. <laughs> Hitting back to one of your other episodes. <laughs> what? Oh, you, which one? 
um, the Kia ver- or not the Kia, the Mercedes versus Lexus. You, you're always a Lexus person, though, right? I am the Lexus yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I love Lexus. <laughs> Toyota, because no. Toyota makes it, and everybody knows fucking Toyota is the be- the best. I I like Lexus, but. Oh, here we I think go. I've known too many Karens that drive them, and so really? I'm, yeah, oh, fucking hell. So I've kind of got like everything. a block against it. <laughs> no. um, but I am in the in the market for a new car, so you need to get a Lexus SUV, and I'll I'll borrow it because I can't afford one, obviously. <laughs> so I'm going to live through you. <laughs> I actually was thinking of selling my car and thinking maybe I could just Uber for the three times a week I leave the house. I well, yeah, or you can call me, or you know, yeah, you can get a Lexus taxi. and I can borrow it. You know, whatever. <laughs> I, have a, I have a scooter you can borrow too. Oh yeah, I scooters. Scooters are great. Yeah, I love scooters. Um, okay, so we tried the whiskey, and then the other ones that we tried. Um, the one, what was it? That feminine one. I don't. It's Josephine. not feminine, but it had the the lady on it. Yeah, Josephine. Josephine. I brought you guys <gasps> cute little bottles. Oh my! Aww. Are you you sell the, Do you sell these? Not in Utah. <laughs> I feel so special right now. I do too. Those are beautiful. I don't think the listeners can't see them, but hopefully, like when you post so this, these are can... these are 100 ml. Okay, they're absolutely fucking gorgeous. So they're bigger than a shot, right? Yeah. Um, this three, is three shots in there. Probably yeah. like yeah. four, actually, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's that's quite a bit. And these are 43 percent alcohol by volume. Yeah. That's so, a, that's a lot. That's full strength on that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So it's that's why like, I got buzzed today after three. What does that three... translate to proof? Is that 86? Uh, is it yes. double? Yeah, it's double. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's wow. Yep. That's, that's this will put hair on your chest. And for so sure. like uh, fireballs, I think 35. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many sugars that take yeah. up a lot. Of yeah. Space yeah. Yeah. It takes up room, but I like the Josephine, the Josephine one, and. This one is really unique. You you said there was like six or seven or eight or like different, um, what was it? Fresh fruits. Fresh fruits in it. Yeah, so we use uh, fresh fruit puree. I want to make sure I enunciate that appropriately. <laughs> yeah. um, from a, a bunch of different fruits in there. So uh, Josephine is an eau de vie. And eau de vie is, it translates to water of life. It's French for water of life. But it's essentially an unaged brandy. So it's a fruit wine um, that's then been distilled. So we use a ton of different fruits in there and we were walking through the process on the tour today mm-hmm. and it's like a big, like fucking like fruit smoothie that we yeah. start with. And then we add a little bit of molasses in there to kind of really kickstart it and everything. Um, but the cool thing about it is, is you taste it. Like you, you taste can. the fruits. You, you smell, can smell the it. Fruits. Yeah. 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 You, you can tell, hey, all right, this, yeah, I can see this is, this is not a, a, a grain alcohol like whiskey or vodka. This is, there's definitely some, some fruit to there. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about, you, you were sharing about the molasses, like that's a unique thing that oh, y'all yeah. do compared to like a, a, you know, drink you'd get yeah. typically. So we have three, we call them in our icon series. There's Josephine after Josephine Baker, um, Lawrence, which is, it's easiest to think of it as this as a as a rum, um, even though we can't call it that. Um, and then Renee, um, and we we named them after these people for very specific intentions. Um, Josephine the Odevi is named after Josephine Baker. There's a lot of she. I hate to say she's the Angelina Jolie of her time. <laughs> well, I mean, her, she's Angelina Jolie is pretty hot. Like, anyways, go I'll on. I'll take yeah, it. And, yeah, and so. She was an African-American uh, lady that was here. She was a flapper girl type of thing for a while, was on vaudeville. Um, part of like the prohibition bootlegging area is in, in that time space. And 
she left the United States and, and, and moved to France just because of the political tension and the racial divide that was here in the United States at the time. We don't know anything about that. No, no, we're not <laughs> divided. Um, and so she set up over there. She she adopted a bunch of kids. She had a big place that they were all hang, hang out in, started a family over there. And it was just, it felt right to take a French, an American twist on a French spirit and name it after her. Then Peter Lawrence Freuken, that Lawrence is named after, was a Danish explorer. And most rums out there are named after, like, Spanish conquistadors or, like, yeah. Bahamian things. Yeah, like yeah. One, right? No, and really not a lot of thought in it, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And uh, Lawrence, we named it Lawrence after Peter Lawrence Furkin. He was this, like, mountain of a man, really interesting guy. He he uh, he was an explorer um, at the early uh, early parts of the 20th century. He, he won the $64,000 question. Um, there's a t- TV game in like the fifties. Like he, he, he just knew so much and he just, he liked to explore and experience. He's a Renaissance man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's some really weird stories out there that might be, may or may not be true, but <laughs> he, he's just, he did a lot of stuff. And then Rene, which is a rye maniac. And we coined that term because it's a rye and an Armagnac blend. Um, we take American rye and French Armagnac and blend it into this, it's essentially a cocktail that's ready to go right out of the out of the jar, even though it is forty three percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. And Rene was a World War One soldier, and but he also helped write the UN Bill of Rights. He tried to be, you know, he tried to kind of whether correct that or he became a pacifist in, in his later days. And the idea that of duality that two things can be as one. So we have these three icon in our icon series, and for the very unique spirits that we make there. It, it, at um at Clearwater and you were asking about the molasses. Yeah. Because that's part of our Lawrence. Um and that was actually the first spirit that we were able to produce. Even though Josephine was the idea and the kind of the the the, the flagship product. It was kind of what, what got Matt and Stephanie going in, into distilling. Um the Lawrence as a as a rum, to be classified as a rum, it can only use sugar derivatives in its mash. So peel and CEO, brown sugar, or molasses. Um, and there are a handful of other things. Most people that make rum, they use blackstrap molasses. And I liken it to the kind of the burnt ends because yeah. it's like the stuff that's you take off the table molasses, and that's the stuff that sells for good money. Yeah. And then kind of the leftover, it gets a little bit burnt. It, mm-hmm. It's not as tasty. It's kind of the shit ends. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You're not going to put it on pancakes. No. Um <laughs> That's what they make rum out of and mm. what most people make rum out of. But because we are so invested in making a product that tastes good and your experience is phenomenal, we use actual table molasses instead of black strap molasses. Costs us more money to do it, but we see the end result. You, We feel it. We see it. You, you smell taste it. You taste it. it. Yeah. 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 And the cool thing about that one, too, is... Um, we can't call it a rum because we add apples to the mash as a, an apple puree to the mash, and it it mellows it out in such a really cool way. Um, and then, as it goes through the process, and we talked a little bit about this earlier when we were in the tour, there are three steps in distilling any any booze, any spirit in the world. Mm-hmm. The first is the mash; that's where you blend all your essentially your sugars, and then the second is the fermentation. That's where you introduce yeasts and you let it ferment and all your sugars convert completely into alcohols. And then is the distillation part where you take that and you separate the waters and the, any, any residual biologicals that are in there and you keep just the alcohol side of it. 
um, when we get to that third step with the Lawrence, we run it through a gin basket. And a gin basket is where you put like juniper berries or maybe like lemon peels or whatnot, typically with gin. But we put fresh cinnamon sticks Mm. and vanilla beans. And it just like it, it very naturally imparts these aromas and flavors into it. So, um, not, it's not like a punch you in the gut flavor. It's a very smooth flavor. It's that's what I was saying. Like if I had to pick one word for this whiskey and trust me, there's multiple words that I would use because it's phenomenal, but smooth is the word. Yeah. And I think a lot of people look for that when they're drinking harder alcohol and harder liquor, you know, is, is, is it smooth? Does it go down smooth? At least I know that with tequila because tequila, oh my gosh, (laughs) I have to have a smooth tequila. And we know this from Wade. Yeah. Our friend Wade, you know, he's just always bringing out the fucking con. He's a connoisseur of uh, tequila. And a good tequila, you don't need a chaser with. with, True. And that is true. I would. Tequila, you don't need a chaser. Fireball needs a chaser most of the time. Any whiskey, I think, needs a chaser. I would not use. Obviously, I didn't use a chaser with any of this, which is phenomenal. And I didn't caught, like, again. And you're not a big drinker, no. Meg. And there's people that I'm sure that are your clients that you know they routinely buy and so forth. But I think for the people listening that aren't big drinkers, but you know want to have something in the house for when folks come over, want to have you know go to a party and bring something, yeah. and, and and it's a conversation starter because I think if this got passed around, people would be like, "Holy shit, what is this?" And it would generate, you know what I mean? So, well, we talked yeah. about the freaking uh, scandalous for twenty minutes at the party, and I and again, yeah. I'm not a big drinker, yeah. so if I like it, then you know someone who really, yeah. you know, yeah. is is into alcohol could really really like it. But I think it's really interesting. I know we've talked about the personas of kind of the backgrounds on the what y'all named these. Um, you know, different blends on, but can you talk about, I think it's really cool. I noticed on the website as someone who believes again in a mission, right? Yeah. I, when I buy, if I can, knowing that you're helping a small business is great, but also knowing that there's a greater impact. I noticed there's like, um, like, like philanthropic things tied to it. That was really unexpected. They're tied to the personas on the icon series. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, where Josephine was very much, involved in in charities and orphans and she 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 made a family out of that and and lawrence is about adventure and and the ocean and whatnot so the charities that we we are that we partner with and that we donate to line up with the individuals that are on the icon series i was wondering wondering how you picked that that because i was like one was ocean conservancy Mm -hmm. one was children's art yep and then the other was the red cross of some sort right yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i was like oh that's really neat because you know i mean who doesn't want to feel good when they buy a product knowing it's well especially do liquor good. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i mean yeah. I, i'm my mind's kind of blown right now nate because not only like you have this amazing product but you set an intention for your whiskey yeah. which i have never heard of anybody doing no right so we got the intention um and then we have charities connected to it mm-hmm. like it's Holy like the shit. toms of alcohol. You're making me want to drink again. Like, really? I'm taking up drinking. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I honestly, when I knew we were going to be speaking, I went to the website and I didn't even know that you were the behind the brand. You didn't know how cool I was. I well, know, right? She, yeah. No, she, and I told her, I'm like, Nate's so awesome. You're going to love him. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And then she goes and all of a sudden she's sending me all these text messages. Like, it's like, ding, 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 ding. Did you know he does this? Did you know this? And I'm like, girl, this is so awesome. I was this like, is what's why the I- story behind Chihuahua? I was like, <laughs> 
okay, that's there's a story there. And then I was like, oh, okay. And then I think one of the owners used to be a, is it used to be or is a teacher. Like I think that's so cool. Isn't isn't one of the the wife? Didn't she Maybe. used to be a teacher or something? Did oh, she... sorry, it, Clearwater. I, yeah. I, I, had to, I had to go through a couple different. Yeah. yeah, no, no, you're fine. Too many companies. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, yeah, no, Stephanie. Um, she's a teacher at a at a charter school here in Utah. That's her been her career, her whole life. And through the pandemic, we opened our doors at Clearwater in, in uh, March of 2020, God. and she was teaching her classes from the 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 distillery oh my gosh i love this so much yeah um because she couldn't be in person during it and and it worked out very well she was able to to help dial some stuff in at the distillery while teaching her classes well you know i have to say though during a pandemic when people open a business because this has happened people have opened business because no one knew it was going to hit right and well people did know but we're not going to get into that (laughs) but the the common folks like us didn't know it was going to hit and um having a, a a liquor business. I think that's just brilliant during the pandemic because everybody was feeling depressed and fucking drinking. Yeah. I, I know when I would go to the liquor store, it was packed. Yeah. I mean, they were never hurting. Yeah. So from a, from a recession proof business, it, it is yeah. a phenomenal business. Yeah. yeah. Now, most of our liquors are we'll called top shelf. Most of the, most of our liquors do sell for $60 or above per bottle. But like the the scandalous the cinnamon whiskeys, I think thirty five or, or something. Is that that's your, your your less expensive whiskey is the cinnamon one? Yes, okay. the cinnamon whiskey, and then the Lawrence the 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 rum, the cinnamon yeah. rum. Um, those are both on in the thirty dollar range. So they're not out of anybody's budget. Uh, most yeah. people yeah. out of most yeah. people's budgets. That's it. Yeah. Now, if you're looking for a twelve dollar fifth of vodka, then yeah, that's, that's you're, not, you're not looking for what we're well, selling. Well, you don't obviously you're, you're, care about your body, yeah. so. <laughs> and, and you're wanting to get drunk more than you're wanting to appreciate the, the, the that, experience. That's the key. Yeah. And I think when you mature and experience and get older, you learn to start actually appreciating this experience than just getting yeah. drunk. Yeah. No, yeah. and I, I think that I I own a rug. I went to Turkey and I, they I went to a rug shop. Really, I own really a glad rug. You qualified that because I own <laughs> a rug also. But <laughs> yeah, we all own a rug. This we're Sorry. on a rug right now. My middle name is non sequitur. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, but essentially, what I was getting at is the craftsmanship of it. Yeah. If if I yeah. ever thought would I ever pay ten thousand dollars for a rug, I would say you're crazy. But when you watch someone, yeah, sit there and by millimeter by millimeter hand tie silk. In, in do it by hand kind of and it's analogous and the reason i'm mentioning it is to how i felt when i walked through your guys's facility today yeah and watching just all of seeing all of the intention and thought behind everything to, you're in you're essentially not to get too airy fairy but you're ingesting that right yeah. and that love and that care and i'm caring about the molasses i'm caring about yeah making sure you talk about like the there was something you said about the ends and the tails like i don't think people understand the difference between like quality liquor and like crap liquor and i learned that today mm-hmm. and it was yeah. just it was very analogous to why i paid that much for a rug because you do pay for quality it's yeah. just, just true yeah Get into what sets you apart. Yeah. So there are a couple of things that really set us apart. First, we are a craft distillery. We're small. Everything is batch size. So um, if you want a, a, a bottle of the Lawrence, mm-hmm. you cannot find a bottle of the Lawrence uh, from the first two or three runs. They're just, they've sold out. Um, I've got some bottles at my house that I've, con- that I've kept because I, I cherish the, the idea of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're sold out. And the, the batches from early on taste a little bit different than now. And as we continue to refine the process, get a little bit better, 
every batch tastes a little bit different. And some would be a little bit more heavy, you know, depending on when or where the the vanilla beans were harvested mm-hmm. from. It can change the the whole the essence of it. It's a snap. Enough. It's a snapshot yeah. in time. Yeah. essentially, I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so the way that we do things, because we are a craft distillery rather than a a behemoth that's just kicking out consistency like time and time All and machines, time and time. No exactly. Humans. Um, we do things a little bit differently. Everything from using apple in our rum to the the fresh fruit puree in Josephine. Um, one of the things that we absolutely pride ourselves on is the different types of yeasts that we use in our fermentation process, the blends of them. Um, there's some really cool things. There are all sorts of different yeasts out there, but most distilleries use something called turbo yeast. And it's just all about time. Mm-hmm. How short can we get all the sugar to convert to alcohol? And they like to see that in under 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Whereas most of our spirits take eight to 14 days to fully ferment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the back end, where you're talking about the, the, the tails and whatnot, when, when you're doing the final distilling process, there are, they're called cuts. And depending on the molecular weight of the alcohols that are evaporating off when you're distilling, they, the lighter ones evaporate off early and you get some different types of, of alcohols that they smell different. Um, if you drink them, they may make, they can make you go blind and give you alcohol poisoning and, and whatnot. <laughs> minor um, detail. Yeah, <laughs> but they're they're the thing called the four shots, and those smell like like acetone, like like nail remover, right? It was horrible when yeah. I smelled that. Oh my rough. gosh! Yeah. yeah, she. I went in she, hard. <laughs> you you prefaced it with this is the one that's like hardcore. And Becca, I don't know if you were you, you like <laughs> took it. You took a huge whiff, and I thought, damn, I almost got knocked on my is, ass. Yeah, yeah you, you almost had a visit from the ether. Bug, I, yeah, huh? I like just kind of. <laughs> wafted it a little and then I handed it to you and you were like and I was like oh lord like, Here we go. ego yeah. death again someone just did hop eh? <laughs> oh, shit. but that stuff that stuff will it's great for cleaning your floors yeah like, it'll, yeah. it'll tear paint off Fuck, of the car that will like go, that yeah. will melt through floors yeah. holy shit so you Damn. gotta get, you gotta get rid of that we use it for cleaning at the distillery that's nice um but you, you definitely don't ingest that now then you get to the main part of that and there are three cuts that happen. And on the front end, those are called the heads. That's the, the very beginning of it. There's a lot of aromatics, a lot of the polyphenols from the, the, the fruits and the different things that are uh, uh, in the mash are present there. Um, but there's also a lot of um, other alcohols that aren't very pleasant in the body. Um, <laughs> so you we take those and we make a cut of the heads and pull them off to the side then the hearts, which is the main part, it's like the main body of it. That's where most of the ethanol is, most of the, the actual spirit. You take that and pull it off to the side, um, and you that's what you use in, in the, the different spirits. Mm-hmm. And then there's the tails. And the tails are where kind of all those smells and flavors get kind of beat up and burnt. Yeah. They're not as they're not as tasty. They and and so you pull those off. Um but those cuts that you make, if you're striving for a lot of alcohol you start making those cuts a little bit wider yep. and you take earlier from the heads and later from the tails. And once you blend it all together, taste wise, it doesn't make a huge difference. It becomes a hot dog. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> there, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. But from a hangover standpoint, it makes a really big difference. Yeah. So we make our cuts more narrow, if you will, mm-hmm. focusing really on the 
ethanol, the alcohol that you can drink where the flavors and smells are best. The heart. Yeah, exactly. Follow follow your heart, guys. Exactly. And (laughs) it does does mean that we get a smaller yield Mm -hmm. per batch, but we get a much better product because of it. I I love that. And you know what? I have to tell this. Everybody's going to get excited for this. I'm I'm telling you, everybody's going to be blowing you up just from this, what I'm about to say. You're going to, you're going to start being open on Sundays. Yeah. We're really excited. The law changed that allows us to open and sell liquor on Sundays. Sunday fun day. Yeah. And so we will be the only place in Utah County to be able to, where you'll be able to buy booze. On Sundays. Okay, give the address right now because people yeah. are going to get their pins out. So we're Clearwater Distilling in Pleasant Grove, Utah. Just Google us. You'll find it. Um, and I don't know why, if, if it was intentional or not, but the government has, the, the the state of Utah government isn't enacting, isn't allowing this law to go in effect till the week after Memorial Day. So, <laughs> so Memorial Sunday, Day Sunday, uh, we won't be open, but the following Sunday we will. Nice. So depending on how quickly you... Uh, edit this podcast and get it out. It yeah, may, well, I'll try to be quick. Be, yeah, but we may be open already by the time yeah. someone's listening to this True. On, on Sundays. And we've got um, a handful of different spirits and soon we'll be we'll be bringing our, our, uh, out our vodka. Yeah, so, and that's I right, think, you're doing vodka. Yeah. I think the cool thing, like if you do go there with your, you know, a group is it, it's, it's like an, it's almost like going to a museum in the beginning yeah of alcohol and then you walk into this room and it's like a speakeasy it's got beautiful furniture like think if like tombstone kind of came back right tombstone meets like that 1920 speakeasy Uh and it's got beautiful furniture beautiful decor and just so much again i think it's that overarching theme of attention to detail yeah that i was so impressed with and, all and that again, I'm not a big drinker. Well, oh, it's, yeah. It's, there's all antique furniture. Beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It seriously look. It doesn't look cheesy at all. Yeah. Do you I'm, ever do you ever allow people to do private parties there? Absolutely. Because yeah. that just came to mind. I'm that like, how really fun cool. would that be to dress up like it's, 1920s? Oh, the flapper with the yeah. little head, with the feather. I have so much of that shit because I used to work at Provision. Joints on sticks, you know, because yeah. I don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> Joints on sticks. <laughs> Whatever you're into. Yeah. Um, and we also we sell cigars there. We didn't oh, even really? we didn't even talk about that. Oh, no. We've got some really yeah. good cigars. I like to smoke cigars yeah. like occasionally. Really I like to hold them and take cigars. pictures. So we got some Cohibas. We got some Alec, a lot of Alec Bradley cigars there. Um, I enjoy cigars, but I'm not at all versed very well in them. I just know to like you know you're not supposed to inhale it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Clinton over but, here. Yeah. But a cigar <laughs> and a nice Obama. glass of whiskey pair so well together. So, they do, and, yeah. And so you can come in and get some really nice cigars there um, as well. Well, I think that's really awesome. Um, what's the website of, is it Clearwater? Clearwaterdistilling.com. Okay, so there's a website. And then also, if they want to get a hold of you, Nate, which the reason, it wasn't because of this. Like, this is all a bonus that I yeah. found out that you have this um, amazing, these amazing companies and you work with these amazing companies. But I, I, I love just who you were. Thank like you. I felt that you had this good, good vibe, good energy. And I was like, I just need a podcast with him because I know he's got some stories. And Thank if you. people want to reach out to you now that I've learned more about you and yeah. I, I didn't know a lot of this prior to this podcast. Yeah. And I did that for a reason because I wanted my reactions. I wanted my questions to be very authentic and very um, in the raw. Yeah. And, but if people wanted to reach out to you, to help them with whatever they're going through, like their business, their small businesses, yeah. 
Where would they get a hold of you? So the, the easiest way to get a hold of me is through my Instagram account. Okay. You can contact me through Facebook or stalk me on LinkedIn if you want as well. But I <laughs> wouldn't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> what? Stalker over here. My Instagram is the easiest, uh, and it's Nathan720, N A T A N 720. You know, those when you set your accounts up when you're a kid. Uh huh. Is that really your kid? Oh my gosh. No, but oh. not on my Instagram. I wasn't, I wasn't that young when I was. Okay. Like, that was one of my first emails. <laughs> And oh, I was wow. like, all right, I'm yeah. gonna have, and it, the handle just sticks, right? I'm yeah. really glad I wasn't into weird shit. Oh, I chose something yeah. way worse for my first email. I did not, I didn't kiss a boy till I was 19, so I was a little naive, but I chose. Oh, God, tell I me there was, not that there's virgin in there. Okay, oh, my no, no, gosh, I don't I, even I chose, know what's happening no, right now. I chose sublime underscore lover underscore um, 2003, the year oh. I graduated high school. I chose sublime because I that was my favorite band at the great, time. Great band. I didn't notice that the like, songs are all about like sucking well, dick and shit. But not that. Not only that, oh. the word sublime yeah. is like awe inspiring. Yeah. So oh, I'm basically saying I'm a great lover yeah. as a like ninth grader in high school making. And then my other email was Tony Parker is my hero. Oh which, my gosh. You're so, I love that. And it's yeah. still, I still use it. Still use it. I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still use my my uh, my handle that I had that on as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Not very much. But. Going back to Sublime real quick. That's this that's the the band that said that sings that song. Yeah. Yeah, that's the song, right? Yeah. You're talking about? Yeah. Okay. And where it goes drip drip drip. Wait, that's a that's different a, song. A different song, same But by Sublime, right? Grip. Yeah. But yeah. you know how long it took me to realize how dirty that song was? That's real dirty. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you I just There's one that Let's just put it this way. It was what? highly inappropriate for me to listen to music at the age, but I just like really got into ska and big band. Like I loved brass and mm-hmm. I loved just the rawness of it. Um, unfortunately, like they became kind of mainstream and, and, you know, obviously Bradley Noel died, but um, yeah, they were my, my favorite band. So were you into up. real big fish then too? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Long Beach Dub All Stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rome came here or somewhere recently and I tried to go to a show. It was like a cover, you know, uh-huh. it's like they replaced this lead singer. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the time I went and saw Boston and I didn't know the lead singer had died. And I was like, what the fuck? This isn't Boston. You got that little Filipino guy up there. <laughs> I was like, great voice, this but great, but it was very weird. I was like, this isn't. And so I just couldn't go watch it because I was like, you can't have sublime yeah. without, no. uh-uh. without Bradley Noel. Yeah. So, well, so yeah, Instagram is probably the easiest, uh, Facebook or, or LinkedIn mm-hmm. as and well. And you but, do yeah. personal coaching, you do executive coaching and then small obviously business. in small business mm-hmm. and, um, and obviously branding and so forth for other marketing. Businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the marketing and branding side of things, I more than likely, I, I'm happy to help people dial that in, but, um, I'm not doing it as much. On That's the, not your passion. Yeah, it's not okay. My passion. Okay. Get okay. It. But you can connect I, people with people. Yeah, I can connect. And I love being part of the process to develop why that brand makes sense for you yeah absolutely i can do that but from the fine arts skills that's not that's yeah not, well and that makes jam. sense because if you're going to create a genesis of your company persona and your mission right yeah. if you're not part of that process i find that when things get siloed right one person comes over here and does this mm-hmm. thing and then there's no transference of, of you know collaboration and so forth it be, it, it, the brands become clunky they feel disjointed yeah. so it's it's great that you kind of help someone create and then you're able to connect them and kind of like hand off yeah. and say, here's 
kind of like you do your companies, right? Here's your com- here's your baby, and you know, Here keep you nurturing it. it yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I just got anxiety right when she said hand off. Like, what is my fucking deal? I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I got to work on this. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Nate, and I'm sure we'll have you back again. Thanks and, for having me. You know, and I'm sure you'll help me in some way. Like, I'm a- I'm already like tons of fun. Yes, it was. It is fun. It was double yellow. It was a double yellow. Oh my gosh, I love that. Double rainbow. I'm gonna start saying that when I have so much fun. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was a double yellow.